It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There's one Auburn Tiger defensive back that we may be overlooking. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Happy Ferg Friday to all those who celebrate Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us today. Jay Ferg, Pro mm-hmm. Football Focus tweeted out a tweet earlier this week that I thought was um, I thought was pretty interesting for, for a couple of different reasons. But most press coverage snaps played since 2020 without allowing a touchdown. Nehemiah Pritchett leading the field significantly with 269 snaps. Is that is there value in that? I mean, obviously that's good. You never want yeah. to allow a touchdown, but what Auburn does defensively is drastically different than it was in in 2020. D- does that stat matter? Yeah, it definitely matters because I think they do use it from time to time. Um, I think the part of the Derek Mason defense last season that was so interesting is that they mixed everything up, right? Like they yeah. played more zone. They they played you know off man coverage a decent bit as well. No, but Nehemiah Pritchett is a really good press corner. Um, in 2020, um, he graded out as one of the better corners in college football, um, right up there with Roger McCreary in terms of just his like stats and like some of the advanced numbers for him. Last season, obviously, having to play some more nickel than straight outside corner. I think he ended up playing a little more outside corner than he did nickel, but it was basically splitting splitting time there. So. Yeah, there's a ton of value there when he's pressed up. And I think if you want to look at Pritchett's numbers from last season, it's like, well, a lot more catches he gave up, a lot more yards per per catch he gave up. Well, it's because he's covering dudes in the slot. Like, it's, it's, really, it's tough. You can't just shut dudes down in the slot. You you manage them more in the middle of the field than you do just put them on. I mean, because you're not putting them on an island, really. Uh, but, yeah, no, it does have value. I, I think, you know, how Auburn uses their corners and their defensive backs this season is going to be fascinating to watch uh, just because you bring in DJ James, you have some young guys that you really, really like that, that performed well in the spring. Um, you bring in Keontae Scott uh, from, from the junior college ranks. So like they, they could do different things when they might approach it. And I think statistically he, when he, you know, this stat and what he did in 2020 show, that when he gets to get get out on his own off off onto the outside and really press up against the guy, it works. Now you're not going to do that every play. Not right. every situation is going to call for that. This is not the Kevin Steele defense anymore, um, where Auburn uh, just did what they did and they did it very very often. Um, but it, it does have a lot of value because I think um, you know it just shows you kind of his versatility. And I think if he you know steps up and has a really good uh, year in some of the areas. Uh, outside of playing press co- press coverage, um, I think you're talking about a dude that um, you know could be a, a decent NFL draft pick next year. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And his, his numbers did drop off, as you said. His overall defensive grade last year was just a 55.4, but that doesn't tell the full story, like like you just said. So 
Right. When, when you look at Auburn's top three corners, I think their top three corners, Jay Ferg, going into the season are Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson, and DJ James. Um, yeah. If yeah. you differ, I'd love, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But um, those three guys are probably all going to be on the field at the same time. Maybe not consistently, but of those three, who's most likely to be the nickel, right? I mean, it, it is yeah. Pritchett, right? And then you put Simpson yeah. and James on the outside. Is that what you're expecting? That's what I would probably expect. Um, you know, you've you've got a situation in uh, with Keate Scott as well that you can that you can uh, do some different things uh, if you have to. Um, I am trying to figure out uh, it, uh, right now. Yeah, where DJ James played at Oregon, uh, pulling it up right now. Mostly wide corner. Didn't look like he played a lot of slot last season. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't see him. Yeah, you know, guys moving around. It looked like he this, played this, some safety, uh, though. I think they put him in the middle of the field. Some, I think. Yes, yes. Uh, played played a little bit of safety. Um, you know, slid into the box a couple times as yeah. well. Um, I, I think when you saw in spring practice, they liked some of these young guys at nickel. I think they're already trying to figure. And again, I've, we've talked about it on here before, but the whole process of playing nickel at Auburn, um, it used to be. Hey, you're the guy. You're the nickel. Boom. Here, this is who what you do. Um, what you see a little bit more now in this defense, started by Derek Mason last year. I think you're going to see it continue this year with Jeff Schmetting. Is you have a third corner, you have a slot corner, and you also have a third safety. And those guys go back and forth. Like um, you, you do see uh, Donovan Kaufman play nickel, right? right? Because in some situations, you'd rather have a safety on the field than a corner. So it is a different way way to go about it. Um, I think there's a lot of mixing and matching you do, you do out there. I think where Kaufman ends up playing most often is maybe the more interesting piece of this because if say he takes a lot more nickel snaps, then it can kind of you know shuffle things around. But honestly, uh, as we know from uh, uh, you know from from what Kevin Steele used to preach about his defense, you really want to have you know in your secondary, you want to have six, seven, maybe eight guys that you consider starter quality, right? Right. And I think all those dudes are, that we've mentioned are going to, to factor in there. I think the thinness comes at safety, and it's like okay, with guys like Craig McDonald, mm -hmm. um, you know, with 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 different guys over the top of that, maybe some of the young guys, maybe some of the newcomers who emerges there because you feel good about your top two, but you need depth there. At least at corner, there's a lot. I think there's a decent bit of folks that are a little bit more established, whether it's by the fact that they are transferring in or, um, you know, they, they did good work in spring ball. And, and I think that's what makes the nickel rotation more interesting because Donovan Coffin's probably the most likely to be the technical starter there just because we saw him do that in the spring. We saw him do that throughout the year last year, though Pritchett did it as well. But there's more corners that I think are, are plug-and-play ready to go on this roster than, than safety. But you love right. the upside of, like, Zion Puckett back there. You know, what does a what does a Marquise Gilbert do, the top Juco guy coming in? Um, and then you mentioned Craig McDonald is a guy that I think is going to be really, really good. And so it's yeah. like, well, they, you know, there's depth. It's not as proven, but there is depth there. Yeah, no, there, there is. And, and getting Craig McDonald ended up being really huge because if you don't get him, you were most likely going to have to rely on multiple like guys with no college experience right. playing back there and giving you, hey, look, if those guys, you know, if if those guys like a Caden like Bridges a, or something, yeah, Caden yeah. Bridges or a Caleb Wooden, like mm -hmm. if those guys emerge and, and like show in fall camp that they're ready to play right now, then good, right? You know, it, but it means it means more if those guys beat out a 
you know, guys who have played at the college level, played at the FBS or the Power Five level, or even high JUCO, than it is if it's just like, well, we're going to you because you're it. Um, and, and so getting guys like Craig McDonald, I think, were, was pretty big this offseason. And I also think McDonald has a skill set that's a little different than everybody else's out there. And he comes from a, a defense at Iowa State that did things a little differently sure. um, that I think it's going to fit in. Right, right. All right, should Auburn fans be thankful? Uh, I, I think they should, and I'll, I'll explain why in just a moment. Hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Actually, just got some numbers emailed to me. Auburn's updated odds to win the SEC are 80 to 1. So if you think Auburn's going to go on a tear here and you want to make some money, you head over to Bet Online right now and uh, you put your money on the Tigers. 81 odds to, to win the SEC. Of course, they've got all sorts of futures bets for college football, for the NFL. And a big thing right now is live betting for Major League Baseball. You can check it all out at Bet Online. That's where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get zero percent APR for 84 months, or up to thirty-three hundred dollars off select compact tractors. See the details at kubotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Jay Ferg, what all is going on these days at the Auburn Observer? Yeah, so this week uh, did, well, actually, since the last time we talked, we've done, we've done a couple of breakdowns on the guys that Auburn has picked up in recruiting. Um, so Jeremiah Cobb right. uh, and uh, Carmelo English. You can check those out at the Observer. Uh, did a podcast on Thursday with our friend Nicole Auerbach. What the heck's happening with conference realignment and what the SEC might do next? Uh, we talked about that. Uh, those are really good uh, times. So you can listen to that if you're a subscriber. Um, what else have we done during the week? Uh, you know, other other podcasts throughout the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, some really fun special guests as well. Mailbag out today if you're listening to this. So it's uh, at, all at the Auburn Observer. AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you full access to everything we do. Uh, we guarantee you at least five things a week, uh, whether it's newsletters or podcasts, uh, and they come out at about 6 a.m. Central Time weekday mornings. Yep, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. AuburnObserver.com. Yeah, and, and piggybacking on the conversation you had with Nicole Arbach on your podcast yesterday, Jay Ferb, you know, a, a part of my, my, my job outside of this podcast is to listen to other college shows Right. Um, talking about it, you know, kind of sending them notes and things like that. But it's so interesting. You know, you listen to the Big Ten shows and they sound like, you know, they, they've won everything, right? Like their <laughs> their status in college football is rising. And then you go listen to a Pac-12 show and it's like their world is falling apart. And yeah. so uh, I think Auburn fans need to be aware of the fact of like the fact that they are part of such a great establishment and such a great conference in the SEC, like – there's no danger to you. There's no danger to your program. And uh, not a lot of people can say that right now. Right, exactly. Yeah, you, you don't have to worry about that. Um, you are one of the top 15 programs all time, and you're going to stay that way. Uh, yeah. You know, you can have highs and lows, and Auburn has more highs and lows than pretty much anybody in major college football. But, yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're set. The SEC is the moneymaker. The Big Ten is going to come really, really close, I think. They're going to maximize what they do. And this 
vision of the future where people think, you know, it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten versus the world. Like, yeah, that's probably going to happen. Um, you know, but Auburn's in a really good spot right now. And, and I think they're also in the conference where, you know, right now when we talk about the Big Ten, Look, they went out and got USC and, and UCLA, and they needed to um, because they weren't going to just let stay pat uh, at 14. They were going to counter what what the SEC did, and it's going to make them more money. Um, but it, it's going to make things tougher. Like, travel is going to be insane. Uh, some of the traditions that you, uh, you know, remember in college football, uh, especially the Rose Bowl, is going to like be not really relevant anymore because right. of this move. Meanwhile, the SEC, yeah, it's all about money. Yeah, it's not necessarily anything that's going to benefit fans or players um, specifically. So, I mean, let's be very clear. This is all about who's getting the cash. Uh, so you don't want to say it's it's a virtuous uh, thing at, at all. But the SEC, if they expand like they did with Texas and Oklahoma, they're doing it in a way where like it makes sense. Regionally, it fits. If the SEC wants to keep expanding and if we go to this era where like – you know, these these mega conferences with 20-plus teams in it, you're most likely going to see the SEC go get Clemson and Florida State and Miami and teams like that. So that at least, like, makes sense, and it doesn't, like, jeopardize the order of things right. like what the Big Ten did with, uh, with USC and UCLA. Yeah, I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to get a call from no. the SEC, which, which I think is cool. I, I think, you know, does geography really matter as much? With football, no. But with some of these smaller sports, like yeah, that's a big deal. Like your your yeah. non rev um, sports, like I, I don't really understand how that's gonna happen. I guess they just expect the TV deals to be big enough to cover everything. But that's that's gonna be a really really interesting thing to see kind of unfold here. Yeah, I I I am not a uh, I'm not a fan of you know making people go play in Los Angeles and New Jersey in the same conference. Like it just it's doesn't wild. make any sense to me. Um, you know, it, when Auburn has to play Missouri in sports and Texas A&M in sports, like, it can get difficult and it can get kind of frustrating, but, like, that pales in comparison to going literally across the country. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Huge so, deal. Um, Jay Ferg, we're starting to see more and more reports come out uh, from the Auburn football program about culture and just how about, you know, just the, the change in mentality of this team um, the work ethic seems to be there. They seem to be more in unison uh, across the board, which was all speculative. Now it seems like reports are confirming that. What kind of impact can that make when it comes to wins and losses and overall production this season? It's it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to say, well, that means definitely they're going to be better this year. But what I do think is, if you are going to be better than this year, this year, you absolutely have to have that. I said that when, um, you know, everything happened with Brian Harson and he came out of it, and you had guys like John Samuel Shanker right. and, and and Derek Hall and these leaders on the team saying, "Hey, we're behind this. We believe in this team." It's like, well, yeah, like that is a hundred. If you're going to do this, us against the world, we're going to shock everybody. Everybody on the inside's got to be bought in, right? The the challenges are great, right? Auburn schedule is what it is, and it's even tougher this year because it is in Alabama and Georgia, both on the road year. Um, the question marks are great as well. They're answerable, and, like, you know, it's not going to keep them, like, I'm not looking at Auburn's roster and saying there's no way this team can win seven or eight or nine games. Like, I'm not saying that at all. But things could get sideways if if those question marks aren't answered pretty quickly. Quick. Um, 
but yeah, this is something you absolutely have to have, right? And we heard all last year about you know team culture and um, you know the the strength and conditioning program and 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 changing the culture and that and there were good you know uh, imp- there was a good impact. I mean, remember Auburn was six and two at one point, like they 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 got off to a really good start in year one. Just things went really really sideways late in the year, and there were obviously frustrations, and not everybody was on the same page. And like some of that is always going to be around yeah. when you're dealing with a major college football team. But I do think, like, when you read these reports of, like, hey, you know, everybody's bought in, you know, they feel like that this is going to be a step in the right direction and and all that. It's like, we'll see if that translates to wins and losses on the field. But, like, it's impossible for it to translate to wins if you're not in that right now. So, like, yeah, those are good things to hear about. And it's, you know, some of the same things I've heard about and and seen about about the team as well. But it's like... If you were hearing those things, it's like, oh God, this is going to be a really bad fall. Um, so you know, I don't think it, I don't think it directly translates to how how much better they're going to be this year. But like, it's something you absolutely have to have. Everybody's got to be bought in. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna take on this challenge and you're gonna overcome it and you're going to prove a lot of people wrong, you got to be all in. And um, I think that's one of the things that this staff uh, and this and this this group of players. It's pretty good at is that they they get people bought in and they they're buying into it um and we'll see how much it uh it'll impact the fall right right yeah and, and just you know the whole the whole hiring of Harson I think we all knew at the time like this is going to be a build and this is kind yeah. of the next step of it is like okay everybody in the program is now they all have the same vision you know th- it sounds like there's less arguing with coaches and players it sounds like everybody's kind of you know in in unison as far as taking that step forward so um if they don't win seven or eight games it's like you'd hate to see it all go to waste kind of thing and so i, right. I think eight home games is a big deal i think getting eight home games is a big deal oh, yeah. and all eight of them are winnable a hundred percent yeah absolutely and and you know a couple of those are going to be really tough but yeah, I mean they're they are winnable, and you you know if you're Auburn, yeah, I don't think there's necessarily like a magic number where you're like if this if you hit this many wins, everybody will be happy and no one will have issues again uh, with the staff. And it's like yeah, maybe ten like you get to that point. But I think that I think the main goal for this team is is still the same, right? Like if you're saying in year two, hey, believe in what we're doing, believe in what we're building. Okay, you got to show progress. The easy part of that is, well, maybe not easy, but the obvious part of that is, well, you went six and seven last year. Improve that, and like that's you know you can just straight up improve that against a uh, against a schedule that I think is tougher. Yeah, that's that that will say a lot. But I think there's going to be a lot of just like I don't want to say vibes, but like how everything kind of feels about it. Like you've got to be better on offense. You got to show more life on that side of the ball. Yeah, um, you've got to look the part. I mean, I, I've said this right. before. Like Auburn and Brian Harson, they are battling a perception issue. Like, yeah, if you and, if you go seven and five, that. yeah, if you go seven and five, but still, and I still look like really bad on offense, like they did towards the end of last season. Like, I I don't think a lot of people are going to be like, oh well, it was seven and five. Let's, well, you know, everybody should buy into it. Um, yeah, especially but, going to the off that off. If Auburn's seven and five with a bad offense, and it's like. Oh, we lose the whole line. Oh, we lose Tank Bigsby. Like, oh, that, yeah. oh, John Samuel Shanker's gone. Like, that's not that's not yeah. a good feeling, you know? Right, right, exactly. So it, it's got to be improvement. It's got to be the right looking improvement, but it's definitely possible. And like I said, it all starts with everybody being together. Yep. And it seems like they got that. It seems like they got that, or they're at least closer to that, which is 
which is good. All right, let's play a game. We got a little game lined up uh, courtesy of our friends in the Auburn Discord, which you can join that by clicking the link in the episode description down below. But hey, today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. You can create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Look, tools like LinkedIn Jobs or why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Jay Ferg, got a few um, start bench cuts um, courtesy of our uh, our friends in the Locked On Auburn Discord. I did not have it pulled up. My apologies. Okay, I like this one. Start bench cut, Jezzer Jackson, Coy Moore, or Landon King? Uh, I'm starting Landon King because yeah. I'm obsessed with him. All right. Um. And then it then it's tough of like do you you know what you're getting with Shedrick and you're also getting leadership but I also really like the upside of Coy Moore so I'd probably bench Coy Moore and cut Shedrick Jackson. I think if you're looking for the future, like yeah, that's probably the the direction I would go. I might flip those first two and like again, nothing against Shedrick Jackson. He's Auburn's leading receiver and he's all that. But like, right. I guess I guess I'm playing long game with this and it's like you know. Uh, getting getting rid of a guy on his last year of his contract, you know, you know, totally, the, the, yeah. know getting rid of a dude on an expiring uh, in, in pro sports like that's kind of my thought process. Because, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential with Landon King. I think there's a good amount of potential with Cornmore. And I think Shedrick Jackson is going to be a big piece of this team this year. But like this is it for, for Shedrick Jackson. So if I'm playing big picture, yeah, uh, I'll probably go in that kind of a uh, direction as well. And I just love the upside of it. Like is shed going to be a thousand yard receiver? No. Um, I could somewhat, I don't, I don't know if, the, I don't know if there's any of those dudes on this roster right now. Though. Yeah. Like, you're you're going to have right. to show that. You're probably right. Time. You're probably right. That would be a surprise if anybody did that. You're oh, right. Yeah. Uh, start bench cut Quentin Groves, Derek Hall, Jeff Holland. Defensive end slash edge position here. I'm gonna go in that order. I'm gonna start start Quentin Groves. I'm gonna bench Derek Hall and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Jeff Holland. Nothing against Jeff Holland. Um one no. year. Just one year where he I'm just exploded. You. Derek Hall is I, I think just the consistency he brought because I remember when he was a freshman, I remember watching him and being like, Oh gosh, this dude's gonna be really, really good. Yeah. Um and then Quentin Groves is like an all time great. Uh, this one's funny, I think. And this adds the caveat of you have to think about it in the perspective when they were at Auburn. 
Okay. Start, bench, cut, athletic backup edition. Malik Willis, John Franklin III, Robbie Ashford. I'm going to start Malik Willis. You're still starting Malik Robbie Willis, Ashford, right? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to cut John Franklin III. That, that, that's, that's my thinking as well. That's and my it's, like, as well. it's like, I, you know, I, I, I think I think they're I think Robbie Ashford could be a really good quarterback. I do too. And um, but we just haven't seen it yet. And so at least I know, yeah, while they're at Auburn, there were a few games for Malik Willis at Auburn where it was like, Man, this dude's gonna be this dude's gonna be all all world at some point and it just didn't really work out a sophomore year and he made the best decision uh, for himself. No, it clearly worked out. All right, uh, we got a few more. Start bench cut, Tyler Fromm, Luke Deal, Brendan Frazier. Start Luke Deal, bench Tyler Fromm, cut Brandon Frazier. Uh, again, and it's just like we just haven't seen a ton from Frazier at this oh, point. There with I love Luke, I love Luke Deal. Um, I, I I like a I, I you know I like a guy that can give you something in the receiving game, but his his primary goal is just going to be to bury people as a blocker. I just love that mentality, and, and I yeah. think that lines up with with Harson. I think that's why John Samuel Shanker likes what Harson's doing so much, but. Just the whole, like, I don't care if I get recognition. I just want this offense to work. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. I, I love that. I will, yeah, and I'll always ride for somebody who's willing to play fullback in the year 2022. Yeah. Like, because that's not, that is not a position and not a not a role where it's going to, like, turn into, like, a, a good future for you and, and, and millions and millions of dollars. Like, no, you just do that because you're, you like that. You you're willing to do whatever it takes for your team, and also you're pretty good at just burying people. Yeah, yeah. Um, fullbacks are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are really cool. Therefore, fullbacks are cool mm-hmm. with me. Um, all right, last one. Start bench. They actually said start bench transfer portal. Carlton Davis. <laughs> that might be a little better. Right? Yeah, yeah. Tough. That's to that's less intense. Yeah, let's do that. Start bench transfer portal. Carlton Davis, Roger McCreary, or Carlos Rogers. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. So start. Carlos, Carlos Rogers. Rogers. He, won, he won the Thorpe Award. Um, and then it's Carl, Carlton's better than Roger, right? And it, which hurts me because yeah, I love it, I love oh. Roger McCreary, but Carlton Davis is just so good, so good. He yeah, and, and he was great day one in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, it's tough. He got an extension yeah. earlier this off season, so yeah, that's probably the that's probably the 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 direction I would go as well. But yeah, Carlos Rogers, I mean, the man. The man was, the man was a first first rounder and 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 the only Auburn player to ever win the Thorpe Award. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Jay Ferg, thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, how can people find you, read you, hear you, support you, all that stuff? AuburnObserver.com, uh, $6 a month or $60 a year. Get you access to everything we've got going on. So three newsletters, two podcasts a week if you sign up and subscribe. You can also get a free trial on the website. Uh, and yeah, check it out. AuburnObserver.com. It is worth it, folks. All right, next time you hear from me, I will be broadcasting from a basement in Ohio, but we'll be back on Monday to recap everything that happens over the weekend. You can read all my work at AuburnDaily.com, and of course, click that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, We're just a few away from 5,000 subscribers, which is absolutely crazy. Thank you so much for helping us get to that point. We'll see you on Monday right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.